As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to a Guys in Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Rob on the phone with me. Rob is still in Roanoke, which is great. But we have a less than happy pod this week. It's a sad pod, uh, sad guy, sad pod. And we just got crushed by the Tar Heels last week. Rob, one word to describe the loss to the Tar Heels. Sad. I mean, <laughs> I think we went from like happy to sad in one week. I, I can't remember what I said last week, but yeah, yeah, man, it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest game. For as much good as that happened on one side of the ball, it was worse on the other side of the ball. Yeah. A lot worse. A lot so worse. That's where we're at. Now, I do want to say I uh, declined to make a prediction on the game because it was bad juju. Rob did not decline. He actually did make a prediction after the podcast where he claimed he would not. Uh, Rob, do you take full responsibility for the loss to Carolina? No, I'm going to put that on Nick Cal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna break down some of the game against Carolina. It's not pretty. The the offense. Well, the offense was great. The defense was garbage. I would say in a word. And uh, we're also going to preview the game against Wake Forest, which for context is tomorrow night. Uh, We're recording this at around nine o'clock on Thursday. So it's a little late for me, but we need to get this out because we we felt like I I needed some, I didn't easily some time to still get over the loss. It was just so terrible. And I felt like I needed it. And I think we're going to get into it. But first, I do want to talk about our sponsor from Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Now, all you need to do is you need to download Spotify Green Room on the iOS App Store. Once again, it is free to use and free to download. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever group you want. Come and talk football on Spotify Green Room. UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. That's absurd. All right, so, uh, Rob, do you want to start with the good, which was the offense, or the bad, which was the defense? I mean, I feel like we have to start with the good just because I feel like we have to give the good its due. And, you know, 
Brennan Armstrong has gotten so much love so far this year, which is incredibly well-deserved. I think there's some critiques to the offense, maybe. You know, certainly I'd love for the traditional ground game to be a bit better. Mm -hmm. But listen, it's hard arguing with the production this offense has put out through three weeks. And this offense certainly did not cost us the game against North Carolina. It wasn't perfect. I won't, like, there were two turnovers. One was probably more critical on the second drive of the game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's tough to argue with how this offense is looking right now. No, I mean, I think think Brennan Armstrong looks incredible. I I don't ever, I don't think most people thought that he would make this kind of jump in year two as a starter. I mean, just the the way that he's throwing the ball is incredible. He's leading the nation in passing yards per game, which is incredible. Unfortunately, this loss probably, I don't know if it, I mean, is he really ever in Heisman contention? I want to talk about that real quick. Could Brendan Armstrong, if he keeps throwing like he is, be a candidate for Heisman? If he keeps throwing like his, he is, he might get some all ACC mentions, you know, potentially maybe even as high as second team. The problem is that the Heisman is a popularity award. And in order to be that sure. popular, ESPN has to love you and the school has to be winning a lot of football games. Yeah. So I think it'd take a lot, a lot more, honestly, than what we've seen for Brennan to win the Heisman. I mean, it'd, it'd have to, for him even to be in contention with it at the end, the media would have to choose to put Brennan Armstrong in that category. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that happens unless this team wins double-digit games. Yeah. And after this game, it, it just feels like that this team is not going to win double-digit games this year. I mean, just because, like, not because of the offense at all, but because of the defense, which we're going to talk about later. But, I mean, I think Brennan so far has been really impressive this year. And, you know, throwing for over 550 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, which was, you know, pretty, it, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great throw, but not a lot he could do in that situation, considering how far back we were. And, you know, he, his receivers are catching the balls that he's throwing up to them, which is also incredible because there were some great catches by Wicks. Billy Kemp had a great couple great catches. Rashawn Henry had some great catches. So once again, you know, our receivers look great. Brennan looks great. I think that the only piece missing right now is the ground game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even to just add on to what you said about Brennan Armstrong, his stats for the season so far, 1,298 yards, 71.9% uh, completion percentage, 11 mm. touchdowns to two interceptions. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. That's great. And for me, it's not even like the numbers it's how we're getting them i mean we're attacking defenses vertically Mm -hmm. we're going downfield this isn't a dink and dunk this isn't a let's throw five yards to outside the hashes and let the deep or let the receiver run upfield i mean we are attacking the defenses Mm -hmm. and it's honestly fun to watch and you know the one thing i will say as you alluded to the ground game i would like to see the ground game be better you know, our leading rusher right now through three games is Wayne Talapapa, mm-hmm. and he has 81 yards on the ground. <laughs> Keaton right. Thompson, right. you know, the football player, quote-unquote, has 78 yards. The next highest running back total is 46 yards from Devin Darrington. I mean, I don't want to criticize it too much based on the UNC game just because we admittedly were playing from behind the majority of the game, you know, really the entire first half, and then 
the entire second half after North Carolina scored. So, you know, when Bronco says, yeah, we were throwing the ball a lot because we were behind, you know, it's true. You know, Mm -hmm. we probably could have run the ball a bit more, but that's not incorrect. But I think at some point it will be good to be able to run the ball, whether it's situationally or admittedly, you know, if this defense is going to be as porous as it was on against UNC for the rest of the season, running the ball, you know, shortens the game. It gives the other team less possessions. So there are advantages to running the ball. I'd like to see us do it more, but again, I'm not going to stand up here and criticize the offense when we've seen the production we've had the past three games. Yeah. It's, it's just tough because like when, like, I, I feel like this is the offense that we've been waiting for, for, since Broncos been here, you know, and, and since Mike London was coach and since Al Gro was coach, we, I feel like we've been in most years, in most cases, we've been more of a defensive team than an offensive team. And, you know, we, we'd see games like, you know, 17 to 10 and, you know, kind of boring defensive games and, you know, people making jokes about the basketball team and the football team being kind of the same, but, I mean, this is exciting football we're watching where we can put up 39 points. The problem is that we're losing by 20 points when we put up 39. And that comes down to the defense not I, – I mean, I don't know if they're not good. I know there was a lot of yeah, – I, I feel like there's a lot of cramping going on in the North Carolina game. A lot of We had a lot of people getting injured. I felt like every drive we had someone down and – you know that and that's tough but i mean also like that's just like we we gave up so many we gave up almost 400 yards rushing to a team that has a player who's going to be one of the first quarterbacks picked overall in the draft this year so just knowing that that they rushed for more than they passed just shows i think some major flaws in this defense right now yeah, I mean, certainly there's a lot that needs to be corrected. And Bronco has alluded to it. I mean, heck, everybody who watched the game has alluded to it. I mean, it's something that's quite obvious. Mm-hmm. I will say I went back and watched the game, and two things really stood out to me. You're so brave fir- to watch, to rewatch that game. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the my UVA fandom has made me do some crazy things in my life. Yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, The first thing I will say is that schematically, they beat us. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, we play 3-3-5 as our base defense now. That's new. And the second half, we were playing almost exclusively in the 2-4-5. But regardless of what formation we were in, we almost always had only five defenders in the box. And guess what? North Carolina and every other team has five offensive linemen. So what North Carolina did is they spread UVA out. And it was really simple. It was... Honestly, Sam Howell looks and he says, I have five five offensive linemen, and I see Virginia only has five players in the box. Well, that's five on five. Unless a player whiffs on a block, that's a big gain right there for their running back. And they Mm -hmm. really attacked that, especially in the second half. You know, UVA came, scored 21 unanswered points to end the first half. But UNC UNC said, we're not going to let you do that. This is going to be, you know, we're just going to play the numbers game, and we're going to win. And that's what they did. And the second thing that really stands out for me is, you know, I don't want to call out Mandy Alonzo because, you know, Mandy Alonzo's comments about culture and toughness, that's not why UVA lost the game. 
But it does kind of stand out that Mandy Alonso did say that. And the bottom line is that UNC just man for man was honestly better than UVA. And, you know, you can see it on the speed, you know, Fentrell Cypress, he made a great play in the end zone and on a play that really could have been a pick six and he got caught from behind. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you look at the, on defense or, you know, not in the goal line, at least on defense, Virginia might be positioned well, but the North Carolina receiver will just catch it and run. I mean, I think to that slant route over the middle where Anthony Johnson should have made that tackle, it should have been a 15 yard gain. It turned into like a 60 yard touchdown. Just, you know, man for man, North Carolina was faster and they were more physical than UVA. And, you know, I think a lot of that just comes down to recruiting. And, you know, it's been this way at least since Mac Brown has got there. So for the past three years, UNC has recruited at a much higher level than not only Virginia, but most of the country. They're pulling in top 10 classes. And even with all the talent that UNC lost last year, I think you're seeing the speed and the depth they have on their roster. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, Virginia schematically wasn't ready for it. And when you put it man to man, they certainly weren't ready for it either. I don't I don't think the fans were ready for it either. I mean, I certainly was not expecting, you know, Josh Downs to have two hundred three yards with two touchdowns on eight catches. Right. Like that that's a crazy stat line. And that's something that that you you don't see very often except when UVA plays North Carolina. I mean, think back to last year when Deami Brown just manhandled our secondary. Now, we ended up winning that game, but we we did not do enough in this game to to stop their rushers. I I want to ask you about the defensive scheme and you're 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 saying that we were running a 245 for most of the second half to counteract the passing game. But is this something that other teams are going to exploit later on in the year? Because North Carolina had two rushers with over a hundred yards. Ty Chandler and Sam Howell both had over a hundred yards. They had three rushers average more than seven yards of carry in Caleb Hood, Sam Howell and Ty Chandler. And we're going to lose all the games. If they have three rushers rush for more than seven yards of carry. So is this a defensive scheme problem or is this a players being in the wrong position problem? Yeah, you know, Bronco kind of, he was, you know, disappointed with where players were. He said he liked the effort actually, but didn't love, you know, how the execution was done. I think there were lots of times where a UVA player was close to being in the right position or maybe was in the right position and just couldn't make the tackle. And that's where physicality comes in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so much of the three-three-five, the new base defense, is about having that physical, you know, hybrid safety slash linebacker player, which is Joey Blunt in our scheme this year. Mm-hmm. And Joey Blunt missed a ton of tackles. And quite frankly, he got beat over the top, too. He just wasn't fast enough to keep up with a lot of the North Carolina receivers. Mm-hmm. So I think this might be the best offense CBA plays all season. So, you know, maybe maybe we won't see some of these issues moving forward. But I think as far as the idea of spreading UVA out defensively, the idea of trying to get Noah Taylor to go out wide, and then all of a sudden it's five on five in the bots, I bet a lot of teams will try to exploit that. And honestly, I bet Wake Forest will try to exploit that on Friday night because they do have, they do run an up-tempo scheme, and they have that kind of like slow – 
mesh point and a lot of RPOs, which we'll talk about here once we get to that game. But I can see Wake Forest, among other teams, trying to take advantage of that scheme and trying to spread UVA out and run the ball. It just it just felt like the whole night we couldn't there, there was just no way we were going to tackle the guy. There was just too many people, too many North Carolina guys in in position to make a block, and they would just run run free the whole night. I mean, Ty Chandler had almost 200 yards, averaged nine nine yards a carry, two touchdowns, and that's and that's and that's tough. And they had another 100 yard rusher in Sam Howell, who's their quarterback, who's going to be taken first, not because of his legs, but because of his passing. I mean, last week we I made fun of Sam Howell for being the leading rusher on that Carolina team because I I just assumed that they wouldn't have another good rusher because he he wasn't really known as a rusher and now it's two games in a row he's had over a hundred yards rushing and I don't know whether it's our defense was so bad I don't know whether it he's a good rusher or if our defense is just terrible like. Um, like the team they played last week. Who they who they play last week? They played um like Georgia State or Georgia yeah, Southern or yeah. something like that. Our defense is worse than Georgia State at this point. I mean, they scored the same amount of points. Um they had less rushing yards. There's more passing yards. Overall, our defense is as good as Georgia State at this point. And that's <laughs> not comforting to me personally. Yeah, and I mean, listen, Ty Chandler, I mean, hell, give him credit. You know, mm-hmm. he's nine yards a carry. He had 9.9 yards a carry, basically yeah. 10 yards. You know, 20 carries for 198 yards. That's crazy. And then Sam Howe, I mean, Sam Howe so much. He had a couple scrambles on passing plays, but a lot of his runs were just read options. And mm-hmm. for some reason, our defense just wasn't in position to handle the read option. And my guess, and you know, the switch to the three-three-five in general was made and designed to stop the passing attack. Mm-hmm. And listen, I mean, in general, Virginia got beat through the air, but they weren't getting beat like on these deep, deep balls. You know, the deep balls that uh, North Carolina was connecting with. You know, it was normally like fifteen, twenty yards, and then a run where Virginia would miss a tackle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like let's throw it fifty yards over the top as they had done the past couple of years. But, you know, Virginia sold out on trying to stop the passing game. And North Carolina made him pay. I mean, 392 yards on the ground. I mean, that's – I mean, I don't want to sound too critical, but it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, you that's like – Let that, a team do that. That's like playing Georgia Tech back when they ran the triple option. Like, that's, that's the kind yeah, of stats you would see. 60 yards passing. Yeah, 60 yards passing and, like, 500 yards rushing. And you'd be like, okay, that's fine. But now they have – North Carolina has 400 yards rushing and 300 yards passing. And that's a problem. Like, that's not something that is good. And we're not going to win a lot of games if our defense plays like that. And I don't want to take a lot away from the... Like, Brennan had a record-setting night for UVA. And I feel like it's been lost because of the defensive play and the and the way that they... And the way, and the, the way that they didn't defend well i i just it's really frustrating if you know we've been waiting for this high-powered offense for so long and we're not gonna be able to enjoy it because the defense is gonna hold us back no question and 
you know, what we're, we're really going to have to see, I guess, starting tomorrow mm-hmm. against Wake Forest and throughout the rest of the season is, you know, was what we saw against North Carolina the reality? Mm-hmm. Because as you and I have both said, you know, it's not like Virginia was tested too hard against William & Mary and against Illinois, but it was kind of that so far, so good mentality. You know, Virginia didn't look bad defensively in those games. Mm-hmm. And then North Carolina comes out, admittedly, with, you know, probably a top five NFL draft pick in Sam Howe and really exposes a lot of things. So what we got to see is how the rest of the season plays out because we're only a quarter of the way through it. You know, we're still trying to figure out what's real and what's not. But, you know, I think there is cause for concern here, especially because this isn't just a flash in the pan. It's not like Virginia has been so good defensively the past few years. And, oh, here's this anomaly where North Carolina goes out and has nearly 700 yards of offense. And it's really the opposite. The defense, ever since uh, Bryce Hall's injury, and if you want to put Brendan Nelson in there as well Mm -hmm. in 2019, ever since those injuries, this defense has been on a decline. And, you know, it was terrible to end 2019. It was probably even worse last year. And through two games, it looked okay. But the first time it faced a real test here in 2021, it really, really struggled. Now, there wasn't a Nick Grant in this game. We still don't have Josh Hayes. Josh Hayes looks like he might come and make his EVA debut against Wake Forest. So we'll see what these other personnel pieces might add. But, you know, I think the fact that this is part of an overall trend probably makes it more concerning. Yeah. Yeah, and... And I don't want to, you know, drag the defense too much because, like, I mean, I, it's clear that North Carolina's got a great team. And I think that coming off of the the loss to Virginia Tech, and I think that a lot of people kind of wrote North Carolina off a little bit. I, I think I certainly did write North Carolina off after that game in Blacksburg. But, you know, maybe Virginia Tech's a little bit better. And, you know, Virginia Tech's always better in the beginning of the season than the end. Um and, you know, it was in Blacksburg, first game kind of for a lot of fans to come back to. The atmosphere must have been crazy. It, it, I can't imagine what it had been like for North Carolina. But, you know, I think I wrote them off, and I think a lot of people did too. And so this was a, just a little bit more kind of a culture shock more than anything else. Like, oh, Virginia's not, like, at the top of the ACC just yet. You know, we're we're still kind of in that middle section where – we might get blown out by North Carolina. I mean, that's that's the ACC Coastal, isn't it? Right. <laughs> When's the last time a team ran away with this division? Yeah. So I think you're right. I think really what becomes more pressing now is how we go about the rest of the season because what this North Carolina loss did, not only the fact that it was kind of as one-sided, especially in the second half, um, as much as anything but really what it does is it puts uva behind the eight ball and Mm -hmm. most teams that win the coastal if history is any indication are going to have no more than two losses in the coastal division so now uva already has one so uva can afford one more acc loss the rest of the season Mm -hmm. so as we come into wake forest you know which is going to be a big game at home uh two really evenly matched teams and honestly kind of similar programs it just makes that game so much bigger because this becomes if UVA wants to compete for the coastal, 
pretty much a must-win game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And before we get into the Wake Forest game, I do want to talk about our sponsor from Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. You can get it on the conversation that you listen to on our podcast every day on Spotify Green Room. You, all you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS App Store. All you do need to do is create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever groups you want. Join the people on Spotify Green Room and talk about the sports that you love. So let's get into the dirty business of Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest currently is 3-0. and they have wins against Old Dominion, against Norfolk State, and a blowout win against Florida State last week. Um, Rob, what is your gut feeling? Like, how do you feel about going into this game against Wake Forest, especially considering how our defense played last week, just six days ago? Sure. So, I think. I think our defense is certainly going to be tested. And I think everyone who saw the game last year against Wake Forest knows kind of how unique of an offense they run with the long mesh points, the RPOs. And Sam Hartman is great at what he does. You know, they have a great receiver in A.T. Perry who can get behind the defense. And uh, his name is escaping me. Uh, Christian Beal Smith. Mm -hmm. He's a good running back. Right now he's averaging nearly six yards a carry on the season with a long of 48 yards. So this is a Wake Forest team that offensively can score points, and I expect this to be a shootout. Now, the flip side of the coin is this is a Wake Forest team that really hasn't been tested yet. And believe it or not, this Wake Forest team has both A, yet to play a game on the road this season, Mm -hmm. and B, yet to play a team that has won a game this season. Think about wow. it, Old Dominion, Norfolk State, and Florida State. When they played those teams, none of those teams had won a game yet. That's a great so, stat. It is. I can't take credit for it. I heard it elsewhere. Oh, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's really telling. You know, this is a Wake Forest team that really hasn't been tested. I mean, Old Dominion and Norfolk State, you know, obviously they take care of business. And Florida State, you know, they still recruit at a high level and people want to talk about Florida state as if they're still at the same level they were five, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. The reality is that this Florida state team has been very bad for the past four years. Yeah. Florida state is no better than most teams in the ACC. So, you know, this is a Wake Forest team that is going on the road for the first time, really being tested for the first time. I see no reason why Wake Forest can't and won't compete in this game. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that this is going to be a test for Wake Forest as well. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think this is really pivotal for both programs. I mean, Wake Forest is three and oh, they're first in the ACC Atlantic right now because of, of, because of course they are. And UVA is coming off a loss that I think really shook a lot of people. I, I, there was a lot of negativity you know, coming from that, I I was negative about the team. A lot of people were negative about the team coming off of that loss against UNC prime time on ACC network. You know, it's, it's a tough position to be in. And, you know, I I think this is going to be a really, I think it's gonna be a really interesting game to see how not only does UVA bounce back from that awful loss, but how does Wake Forest respond to a team that is kind of 
reeling right now and in an environment that might be, you know, kind of hungry for a win. Yeah, and I think this is really as much of a test for UVA as much as anything. As, and, you know, Bronco made these kind of comments, I think it was yesterday on Wednesday, uh, when addressed the media, and it just seemed kind of, he was talking about how the team was angry and disappointed and sad. It was kind of weird comments to make. And we've seen, you know, we know Bronco doesn't really kind of mince words, mm-hmm. but it was a little bit weird to hear a coach say that midweek. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if it's bad. But there's certainly a lot of emotions going on at UVA. The one thing I will say is I think sometimes we kind of overlook this home versus road win loss record, or at least I certainly do. And the reality is, is that it's, I mean, it's amazing. Like there's basically two different teams, whether they're playing in Charlottesville or playing on the road. And I don't have the stats up in front of me, but Virginia has lost two games at home since 2018. Right now I know the road games are much worse. Mm -hmm. Obviously they've lost a lot of games, but from UVA's sake, I don't know what it is, but UVA plays so much better at home. Yeah. And, you know, if Virginia is going to compete in the ACC, they have to win every home game, and that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as Wake Forest is concerned, this is a team UVA has got to beat because this is a UVA team that most likely, you know, you know, maybe if UVA beats Wake Forest, maybe they have some momentum going into the following week against Miami. But listen, the reality is, is I'm not going to bet money that, UVA is going to beat Miami, that they're going to beat Louisville or these other teams on the road. This is a game where Virginia really has to come out and prove that, A, they got over whatever happened defensively last week, and B, they're still the same team that can win in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, how, how not only how the defense responds, but I want to see how the fans respond to the loss last week because you know i was in i was in charlottesville for the illinois game and it was not a great crowd i'm, I'm gonna be honest it was a bad crowd there was probably you know twenty thousand people there and you know we we tried our best to make it make noise but it was tough because it's such a it's a big state like scott stadium's a nice stadium it's big and hold like 65 70 thousand on a on the best nights and you know the what is the high attendance there it's like 69 something some 69,000 it, uh, it was like 64 something it was that usc game yeah yeah and and so you know we can fill it but in the past years we we haven't and so i really wished that we won the unc game not just for you know the clout that we would have but just because like I feel like this team is good and they deserve some some fans to come out now last week or two weeks ago against Illinois 11 o'clock game in the morning really tough to get to for some people now a Friday night game is also not easy for people to get to so I'm worried that the crowd is not going to be pumping like like it should be for a Friday night game I get what you're saying. I think the crowd that will be there is going to be really into it. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, as you alluded to, you know, I've been every game so far this year. And the mm-hmm. 11 a.m. game, I mean, that was hard. I came from Roanoke, right. a two-hour drive. I mean, we left, like, before 9 a.m. 
you know, getting up like on a Saturday that early and spending your whole day there, I get that it wasn't crowded. And then, I mean, this game, a lot of people, you know, if you live any farther away than kind of DC, kind of where from you're coming from, mm-hmm. if you work a full day, you're not going to be able to make that game. Yeah. So, you know, obviously people, some people are taking parts of days off. Some people are taking whole days off. But, you know, it's way more of a commitment to get to the game on a Friday night. So mm-hmm. I'm certainly not expecting 60,000 people to be there. I think it'll be probably closer to what it was against William and Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, call it like 40-some thousand people. And this is something that, you know, maybe you and I disagree a bit on. But I see this conversation a lot on Twitter. And, you know, I want people at the game as much as anyone else. But kind of the reality of, modern day college football is that people don't go to games the way they used to there's tv setups that are way better prices are so much higher you know and it's just hard to get to these games so Mm -hmm. i don't want to come out here and say oh you guys absolutely have to be at the game like i'm going to be there because i love it but i totally understand most people probably aren't as passionate maybe as you and me and the other people are so it's kind of like a balancing act i guess but you know i want as many people there as possible but you know these games are hard i think if this game was a saturday night you might have close to ten thousand more people at the game Mm -hmm. but the fact that it's a friday night just makes it super hard for anyone that's coming out from out of town and you know i agree i agree with that it's and i'm gonna be honest like charlottesville is not the like best place for a for a game like if you if it's a late game or an early game it's not really easy to get in and out of charlottesville on game days like it gets crowded uh the hotels are not really near the stadium there's not a lot so expensive they're really expensive like if you're trying to stay at the graduate like good luck good luck dude (laughs) like it's it's expensive and it's like right there but you're you're gonna have a good time but you're gonna spend a lot of money Staying at the graduate, so is there's not a lot of great spaces to stay around the stadium. It, it's tough. I, I I know I'm really lucky. My parents live in walking distance of the stadium. I walked there as a kid. I walked to U Hall as a kid too. So you know we we live right in the middle of everything. So I'm spoiled because I I can drive down. I get out of work at two thirty, and I can drive down and beat the traffic and get there with an hour to spare. And, you know, get into the game with plenty of time left. But a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people get off of work at four or five and they won't make that game. Like they're, they're not going to make it from D.C. or, you know, especially D.C. Like driving on 66 is awful on the best of circumstances. But on a Friday afternoon, it's terrible. Like even at even at three, it's going to be trash and I'm not looking forward to it. So it's just really you know, I hate to blame the ACC for it, but like, I don't feel like the ACC did us any favors with the scheduling that they gave us this year. You know, looking, looking at it now, it it just makes it way, I think it's way worse than I originally thought, you know, going from at Carolina late at night on Saturday to a game on Friday to a game on Thursday the next week. It's just, that's just a tough turnaround. That's a tough turnaround for any team. Yeah, I mean, against three very good teams as well. And North yeah. Carolina, um, Wake Forest, and Miami. Yeah. So anyway, I- I'm glad we actually got to touch on kind of the attendance thing. Because mm-hmm. 
I think we both want more people there. And yeah. I think both of us try to make it to as many games as possible. But I'm not going to sit here and say more people absolutely have to be here because mm-hmm. the reality is, you know, a lot of teams have downsized stadiums recently. And this isn't just a trend at UVA. It's a trend nationally across many sports, mm-hmm. football in particular. And, you know, it's just hard to get to games. It's, as you said, Charlottesville is great in so many different ways, but it certainly isn't, you know, the cheapest or the easiest place to get to. The parking so, situation is is the worst, by the way. So, it, like, if you want to buy a parking spot, great. But otherwise, good luck finding parking in Charlottesville for that game. Yeah. And I mean, plus not to mention this game, you know, another one of the downsides of Friday is that a lot of the parking lots won't open until five o'clock mm-hmm. because it's faculty, pa- excuse me, faculty parking until then. Yeah. So uh, there's just added logistics twists, I guess, for lack of a better word, that comes with a weekday game. Yeah. It's just, sorry, I took a sip of wine. I, you know, I'm drinking <laughs> wine because, you know, just like our intro, it's like yeah, Colin Cowherd be proud. I know. <laughs> I'm not drinking Zima, but you know, wine <laughs> white wine will have to do. Um yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a tough it's a tough schedule and it's a tough game against a team that is hot right now. We're not hot right now. It's just kind of a weird feeling because and I tweeted this during the UNC game of how we were so high on this team last week. You know, we were talking about winning the coastal we were talking about beating carolina we're talking about beating tech and now we're coming in and we're saying well you know we might not beat wake forest because the crowd's gonna suck and so we're it's just it's just a weird how how quickly people can turn on a football season you know i'm a saints fan and you know first week against green bay saints were great nothing went wrong and against carolina there was so much that went wrong and we played so terribly that I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm almost ready for basketball season at this point. I haven't, I'm not ready yet. I'm still here. I'm still present. I'm here. Um, we did get a new recruit recently, which we're not going to have time to talk about right now, but you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's funny how quickly perceptions can change on teams based on the week. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the good and the bad part about football is there's only 12 games in a regular season. Mm-hmm. So emotions swing fast. And yeah. Ryan Dunn is a basketball recruit you mentioned. We'll, we'll make sure to talk about him as well as the rest of our new basketball commits um, in another episode. But, yeah, I mean, last week, kind of to wrap this up, I think it we talked about how this was kind of a must-win game for UNC, how UNC had – Loss against Virginia Tech and the same stat is that most, if history is any indication, most winners of the ACC Coastal will have no more than two conference losses. So in many respects, it was a must-win game for UNC if they wanted to have any margin of error for the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, here we are. All of a sudden, UVA, one conference loss. This is about as close to a must-win game as UVA will have the rest of the season. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, whether the stadium has 40,000 people there, 50,000, probably won't have 50,000, but uh, hopefully 30, it'll be a fun crowd. 30,000, 35. <laughs> hopefully, my hope is that we'll hit 40. We'll yeah. see. Um, but, you know, regardless of how many people there, I think it'll be a fun atmosphere. I think people who are there are going to be ready to cheer for this team. Mm-hmm. And it's 
it's going to be a big game, and I think it's going to be a really, really close game. Uh, <laughs> this is what we said about UNC, too, but it'll probably be a shootout. Yeah. And if UVA's defense can at least defend the run better, you know, don't – I understand them wanting to defend the pass more, but against Wake Forest especially, if you sell out to stop the pass – Wake Forest is going to run all over you. Mm-hmm. So hopefully UVA finds the right balance. And, you know, I, I expect UVA to be significantly better at home just because that's how it's been the past three or four years. Yeah. Rob, have they um, have they told us the uniforms we're wearing tomorrow night? Yes, we are wearing all blue, and Wake Forest is wearing black helmets and pants and white jerseys. Okay. All right. So um, – we're going to start this game right now, and next week we play Miami at Miami Thursday night, 7.30 on ESPN. Rob, what is the jersey combo at Miami next week? I think Virginia goes blue, white, blue. What do you think? Oh, I like um, I like, uh, all, I like the all-whites. I like the all-whites, even yeah. though we did so terribly – this past week, I think we stick with the all whites. Yeah, I feel like we won that UNC game two years ago in the all whites, mm-hmm. and then we just decided that was a good uniform combination for us. And yeah, I feel like every road—I mean, we lose most road games anyway. I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like we haven't had too much success at those since. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like with the white jersey, you kind of have to go. Like, if you wear blue pants with a white jersey, it looks really, really funky. And I think that if you go blue helmet with white jersey, it looks weird too. So I think you got to go all white or you got to go blue, white, blue, and it's it'll just look weird. So Rob's in for the all white. Or no, you're in for, what'd you say? I'm blue, white, blue. Blue, white, and blue. I say, this, I say this because going back to the Bronco era, 2017, before we had the new uniforms, I know we wore all white. Mm-hmm. 2019, I think we, oh, I think we wore... I think they actually wore all blue. I think UNC wore white uniforms. And then last year was blue, white, white. So I think we're going to continue the trend, mix it up, okay. blue, white, blue. All right, I'm going I'm going all white next week at Miami. Um, okay. Lock it in. And last guess, attendance for tomorrow, over or under? I'm setting it at 37,500, over or under? I'll say over. I'll say attendance is 42,000. Okay. Oh, what do you think? wow, that's big. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm well, seeing the crowd last week and seeing how we lost the next week or see the 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 crowd against Illinois and then the loss last week, I, I think it doesn't I bet it doesn't break 35. I bet it's like 36. I think against William and Mary it was like 35 or 36 something mm-hmm. like that which i mean listen no one again we talk about like hotel prices and making the drive and everything else like no one's really all that excited to go to a night game against william and mary mm-hmm. just as no one's really excited to go to 11 a.m game against illinois right i think people it's still not ideal i think 3 30 saturday game is ideal for attendance but i think more people are going to be inclined to go to this Friday night Wake Forest game, even if it's logistically more difficult than what we've had either of our past two home games. Well, so that's why I'm saying over on that. Here's what I'm thinking: like, does Wake Forest excite anyone? Like, when you hear Wake, like we're playing Wake Forest in bat in football, it's like, 
Uh, like, is that exciting? I don't know. So that that's what I'm thinking. I, I I'm gonna take the under on my on my on my thing. Hey, that's how you know you said a good line. It's fifty fifty over and under. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, Rob. Any last word, thoughts, feelings? Not really. I mean, I think we probably <laughs> got off topic a bit more than we were expecting tonight. I think but, that's fine. Um, I think we needed that. Yeah. I was I was too I, I was too down on on everything. I needed to get off topic. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. But certainly excited for tomorrow. And um, listen, I think we're gonna learn a lot about this UVA team. I mm-hmm. think tomorrow night is gonna be the most revealing game we have maybe this season as far as the trajectory of this UVA football team. Yeah. So there's a lot to learn, hopefully a lot to be excited for. Mm-hmm. So certainly looking forward to the game tomorrow. I, I agree tons. I agree tons. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. This is the Guys and Ties podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram for all the bonus content. I know there's going to be bonus content tomorrow because I'm going to see Rob tomorrow. I'm going to be there in Charlottesville <laughs> with Rob. We're going to have some bonus content. It's going to be great. Make sure to follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you want to keep listening. And we will see y'all next time. Go Hoos.